You look good, everybody. I'm honored to be here today. Uh, I know we've been clapping a lot, but can you clap your hands just for all those watching online too, or those, those who may watch this or listen to this at a later date. I love your pastors here so much. Uh, Pastor Ryan said a lot of the things I was going to say just about our relationship, but it was an honor to cry through officiating their wedding, which I, which I did. I love the fact that they had this dream in their heart for so many years, and I get to stand up on the stage and look at that dream face to face. I'm looking at a dream come true, and I just think that's something so wonderful and good about our God. We have a saying at our church where I come from, Freedom Church, Baltimore, Maryland, and the saying is this, dream big, start small, be ferociously faithful. And I can't think of two people that have lived that for years and years like Ryan and Adrian have. And so I, I, I think that could be the unofficial title of today. Maybe it can be a, a saying or a motto for their lives. But all three of those things get God's attention. And how many of you know it's a good thing to have God smile down from heaven on you? It's a good thing to have the attention of God. I love what God has done, and I love that he's just getting started. I want to thank my pastor, too, Wade Haskins from Freedom Church. Today's a unique day for us because three pastors of our church are in three different cities at three different churches being able to speak to people. And I love just the kingdom of God, heart of God, mind that we're building God's kingdom, not just our individual churches. And so I'm just so thankful that I'm allowed to leave 27 degrees and come down to Florida again. Um, but uh, my wife and kids aren't here, but I thought I'd shout them out anyway. I've been married for my, uh, with my wife, Amy, for almost 15 years. It's our, uh, I um, am a girl dad through and through right there. Three girls, eight, six, and seven months. If you look at uh, my face there, that look is part gratitude, part exhaustion, because we've not slept in about seven months. Um, so it's really great to be here by myself on this trip. And I did also want to point out that I do have more than one outfit. Um, that was not intentional. Um, but listen, when you find a good outfit, you just want to wear it. Is, and I also looked at this picture too, and I thought the key to looking great in pictures, no matter how old you are, focus the camera on the kids and blur out the adults in the background. You don't see the wrinkles. You don't see anything else. This is how I... Uh, I uh, look good in that shot here. But let me start by reading you a passage of scripture uh, that fires me up. And as Pastor Ryan said, if you agree, I am totally okay with you talking back. You can throw up your hand like this if you'd like. I won't call on you. Um, but one of my favorite responses I heard at a conference once, so I'm going to welcome it today. Pastor was preaching and the lady behind me just yelled out, you better say that, sir. And I just thought, that's what I want to yell out to my pastor. But I also thought he kind of just did say that. He just said it. She wanted him to uh, say it again. But uh, I want to jump in. It's a prayer from the Apostle Paul who wrote almost half the books of the New Testament. He was the murderer turned missionary for Jesus. How many of you know that nobody is too far beyond the reach of the grace of Jesus? You're thankful for that. No one's too lost to be found by Jesus. No one too rough for the redeeming power of Jesus. And Thank you so much, Jonathan. Just stay up here with me. I love this right now. Just trying to wonder. We didn't talk about how long he'd be up here, but I just love that he's still playing right now. How many of you think life would be so much better if we all could travel around with a keyboard player? Just playing behind us a little bit. I just feel like you can't get angry when this is playing behind you. You wouldn't be in an argument with people. 
If you could come to the coffee shop even, it just would be so beautiful. You'd be like, no, you go in front of me. No, you go in front of me. I'll order a cold brew in Jesus' name. There's just something special about the atmosphere, right, when you have someone like this. And I just, I love that if we were all wrapped in the presence of Jesus and we brought that into every interaction, how the world would be a better place, right? That we just... The good news is that you and I never have to go without the presence of Jesus, uh, and you can cultivate it every day. It's actually your job to cultivate the presence of God every day, your job to sing over your city. I love the worship team today because they're, they're worshiping and lifting up, and it's not just for us in the room, but it's a sound that reverberates into our city that gets the attention of God, and God looks back, and he says, now that's my people right there. That's my kids. I want to come there. I want to do something local city, the strength of the church is two or three gathered in the name of Jesus, and that's when God comes, whether it's inside of a room or outside of a room. And how many of you know when God comes, anything is possible? I just want God with me everywhere I go, cultivating his presence. My prayer for you is what this prayer I'm about to read you is, and I just didn't want anyone to come here and leave the same way, because that's the way God designed it, right? that when we encountered him, we wouldn't have to be the same. He's so loving and he's so good. He wants to conform us into his image. I also pray that you would have a clear next step, that I can get a little excited up here, but I didn't want you to leave church and think, man, that guy was really excited today. I want you to be excited to take a next step in Jesus, to grow in your faith. And I am super excited to, to be here. Thank you again, Ryan and Adrian, for the invite. Let me read you this passage so Jonathan can leave the stage. Okay. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, you can follow along with me on the screen, or if you have your Bible, you can turn to that. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The Living Bible says that he would give you wisdom to see more clearly so that you could really understand who Christ is and all that he has done for you. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. Philippians says his is the name that is above all names, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And finally, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, you, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. As you read a passage like this, it's a lot to digest. It's a spiritual Thanksgiving feast. I really do believe that. And so I, I was thinking, God, what is a broken down way? What, what is something foundational and solid I can return to? When I look around and it seems like all the world is just on sinking sand. When the fight is hard, when I get rattled or shaken, because I do, when I feel like I'm lacking or I don't have enough, when it looks dark around me, when it looks like darkness is advancing and the church is retreating, what's a word, what's a promise that I can hang on to, put into my, my back pocket that I can take out every day and throughout the day? And I love it because Pastor Ryan shared this particular word a couple of months back, and here's what it is on the screen. God created me. Jesus died for me, and the Holy Spirit is with me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. We're just getting started today. I just pray, Lord, that you would come. You're already here, Lord. Come even more, though. Let your presence rest on us. Speak to us so that we'd have a clear next step. 
God, let us not be the same. Thank you for local city kids. God, they're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. You smile down on our kids. I thank you that they're just not learning a lesson today. God, they're learning what it means to be a child of God. And I pray that the joy that they exude when they come out of that class today, when they come out of that room, I pray it would impact us. God, because you respond to faith like a child. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. And everybody say amen. All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan. God created me. Jesus died for me. The Holy Spirit is with me. Let me say it like this. God created you. You were in the mind of God before you were ever born. Yes, your parents were involved, but God pre-decided you would be born. He picked the time and the place, and God didn't make extra just in case. You're only one you. You are his wonderfully made masterpiece from the mind, from the hand of God. Jesus died for you, meaning that redemption was always in his plan. He knew that you would need him. He knew that you would need him. It was declared from the very beginning that Christ would die before the foundation of the world. He loves you too much, too, to let you stay the way that you are. There's a redemptive purpose for your life and for the lives of the people around you. And here's the third one I want to stay with today. The Holy Spirit is with you. That there is more than just getting by and waiting for heaven. I don't know about you, but the last two years, I had a lot of moments where I was like, Lord, it's time. Like, it's time. Like, if you're ready, come back. And God's like, whoa, pump the brakes. But if God is on your side, what can't be accomplished? Does anyone really believe that today? That nothing is impossible with our God. What can't be overcome spiritually, physically? I think this one uh, trips us up uh, a little bit. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around it completely, that the Holy Spirit of God, he lives inside of us. Scripture says it like this, Christ in me the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that he dwells in me. I just don't know that we fully comprehend that. Jesus said, I am in my father. He says, you are in me and I am in you. Jesus said these words. And I think about it and I'm like, Lord, what? I don't think any of us are truly grasping what that means. He said, Whatever, whoever believes in me will do the things that I'm doing. No, in fact, you'll do even greater things because I'm leaving to go be with the Father. He says, whatever you ask in my name, the name that is above all names we just read about, you will have. Ask for anything and I will do it. And so here's how I synthesize this for you so that you can remember it because like Pastor Ryan, I need things that fit good, that rhyme, that are just, that just make me remember. And I just hope this blesses somebody today like it blessed me. But I was in the mind of God, part of the plan of God, given the power of God to do the work of God on the earth today. I, just read it again slowly. I was in the mind of God, part of the plan, the overall plan of God, given the power of God to do the work of God on the earth today. And when I partner with that spirit of God in and under the name of Jesus, nothing is impossible. God created me. Jesus died for me. The Holy Spirit is in me. Local city, when you trusted in the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior, you didn't just believe in something. You became someone. You became a new creation in Christ. You are not who you once were. I hope you realize this. But you are an ambassador of Christ. The, the scripture says it like this. As though God were making his appeal through you. So Jesus came, yes, and walked the earth. But then he left and said, here are my ambassadors. Now, I, People will know that there is a God because of my people. Because of my people. 
And God's heart is to reveal himself through you on the earth today, in Tampa today. You're his plan for people to experience God, to make friends, to find purpose, and to dream again. You're his plan to bring heaven to the earth. We're not just waiting to get to heaven. Jesus said there can be a little bit of heaven on earth now before. I hope you receive that and believe that, that you are more than enough because he's more than enough. So Paul said a few things that I just want to impart into your life today that God wants to give you a special dose of. He wants you to know hope, that their hope does have a name, and that name is Jesus. And I love how uh, the Apostle Paul said, he said, I keep asking for a spirit of wisdom that you and I are going to have to start seeing some things differently. There, there's a, a, a tribe in the Bible, the sons of Issachar. It said they were able to discern the times that they were living in. They were able to, to realize what was going on uh, around them. And God wants to give his church, you and I, the spiritual courage, not only to confront sin in our culture, but to bring restoration. Because I think there's this, we got to stand up for truth and we got to say something. Oh, absolutely, we got to do it. But God says, I also want to be, I want there to be grace there to bring restoration as well, redemption as well. He says, I keep asking, he says riches, but you may think that's just financial, but it's really the favor and the blessing of God. So I want to list it as favor. He's asking for favor, that your needs will be met, that there will be no lack, that you will lack no good thing, corporately as a church and individually. I just came to tell the church today that I just believe someone needed to hear that God says he's got you Whatever that need is that you have right now, that he's already taken care of it, that when you're up worrying at night, God says, I got you, that you will lack no good thing, because it's actually your inheritance as a spirit-led Jesus follower that he would take care of everything. He said, I need you to have power that it'll come alive on the inside of you, real power as ambassadors of Jesus to redefine the environments that we're in. As Christians, we're called to set the tone, to elevate every room that we go into. Will anyone join me today in saying, yes, that is me. That's the call and commission. I'm supposed to impact and affect the surroundings that I'm in, whether it's in my home or in my job or out in the city, that I can pray for power, that change truly would be loosed off of people, that walls would break down in people's lives so that they'd be receptive for the gospel message. I think I'm preaching a little bit louder than you're being right now, but everything has to come underneath the name. That is Jesus. Paul says, I keep asking. I've been praying all week for this. I keep asking for this power. I keep asking, persevering in prayer for wisdom, for hope, for favor, and in power. It's already yours, according to Jesus. It's already yours. We already have it, but here's the problem. See, it's in our account and not in our possession. It's there, just not at least the measure that I believe that God wants to pour out. Sometimes I feel that I hear messages about this, that we've already given, we've been given everything that we need. There's benefits that God has bestowed out. And here's how I feel sometimes, and this is me as a pastor saying this. I feel like they are in a trust fund somewhere just locked up and waiting to be released when I come of age. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I believe this to be true, God, but, but where, where are you? And, and I just want to get a little personal today because I feel like I know most of you and I definitely know your pastors and, and I have been serving the Lord for over 30 years now, but never in my life, truly, do I feel like I do at this moment that we are on the verge of something truly significant in the body of Christ. 
that God is about to do something very unique and different. I call them jaw-dropping moments when we're like, holy Lord, what just happened there? That God came in and transformed and did something. Say it like this, the beat is about to drop, if you know what I mean. Like if you listen to music where it just is like, dun 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 and you're like, when is the beat going to drop here? Like let's get there. Or, or like God has taken this amazing breath in, and he's just like breathed in, and we're all like, it's like a baby that cries really hard. And if you, if you have a baby and they stop breathing for a moment, you're waiting for it. And you're like, where is it? Where is it? And then they're like, and then they let it all out after. I feel like God is just inhaling for a moment. Just, and he's taking this deep breath and his belly is nice and big, if you want to picture it that way. And we're all just waiting for him to just go and blow a fresh wind of his spirit over his church, over our region, over our world. And you and I get to be a, a part of that, I had this realization just based on what they say the average lifespan is. I had this realization just recently. May have been the grays in the mirror, in the beard, all of that. But I just said, oh my goodness, I've crossed over the halfway point of my life. It's a big moment for me in my bathroom. I was just sitting there just shaving and I had a big moment. How do you know God speaks to you in the bathroom sometimes? I don't know what it is about the shower. I should just stop talking. But anyway, I'm just there. And I just was like, I have reached the halfway point and I had to just Grab the sink for a moment and be like, oh, Lord, this is, this is true. And, and here's how I left the bathroom, though, truly. I was just determined to make the rest of my life the best of my life. That, that it's not just a fun saying that we've said for years, but in Jesus, the best really is yet to come. And, and, and I'm just determined to make the rest of my life the best of my life. And I, I just see a lot of people, myself included, sometimes over the past couple of years. And I think we set in our minds a bit that we're just going to kind of coast and we're going to wait till heaven. Jesus, you just got to come because the world is just too lost. And oh, heaven, that'll be something one day. And, and I'm just curious today, what would it take for you to shift your perspective that the best is coming, but not just in heaven, but here on the earth too. Yeah. I, and I, it's a tough sell at times. It's a tough sell, isn't it? But it's only tough, I believe, when the filter is, what can I get from the rest to make my life better? I need my life to be better. I, it used to be different. I used to have this. I used to feel that I was more important. I used to be able to, I wonder if we could shift the filter to, to not what can I do to make my life better, but how can I make sure that for the rest of my life, I fulfill my part in God's plan? That I, I say, God, I'm just not content to try and better my life just for me. I, I got a picture in my head, and I'm just going to share this with you because it went on for, for a while. I just felt like God was just showing me this, and it just, man, it just gave me a new lease for the second half of my life, truly. I got a picture, and I was standing before the Lord one day in heaven, and he's going to ask us this question, and he's just, tell me everything. Just tell me everything. And I just start speaking to God, to Jesus, and I'm like, okay, well, let's take a trip through the decades, really. The 80s were weird, just super weird. The 90s were less weird, but then they came back again. That was strange. 2000 was interesting, Y2K and all, if you remember that. 2016 was crazy, just crazy. And then 2020 saw a pandemic. It just rattled the world a bit. And I kept talking. I'm like, I did okay, I guess, a little up and down like everybody else kind of found myself wishing we could go back to better times, simpler times. But if I'm honest, it probably started a steady decline for me, and I was just praying that God would come back quickly. And, 
And then Jesus kind of responds, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah. Sounds like you had it rough, right? Living in America, like with the rest. Yeah, sounds like you had. Jesus was a little sarcastic in this vision. That's okay. Just, just think about it for a second. But he said, by tell, tell me everything, I meant what did you do with the time that you had? Uh, you felt like your best days were behind you. I'm so sorry about that. Have you met Yvette? And I'm like, who's Yvette? She's kind of famous up here in heaven. She uh, was 75 years old in 2021. She's kind of a legend up here. Why is she a legend, Jesus? Well, because she prayed and fasted more than anyone in that decade and helped usher in the greatest revival that America ever saw. You were hoping that I would just come back and rescue you. She was praying that millions more would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. She never stopped praying that I would pour out my spirit. She kept asking for the nations as an inheritance, for wisdom and favor and power and in strength. You complained about sleepless nights. That's when she went to battle and beat back the powers of darkness so much that that's when they waved the surrender flag. That's when human trafficking left the city. That's when the drugs were no more. See, you, that, where do you think that check came from, from the new HQ to feed the hungry and to train up? Those were the 3 a.m. prayers. Those were the tough prayers. Those were the tired hours where she could barely hold up her head, but she held up an entire nation. Have you met Yvette? Just like, Lord Jesus. What, what can I do to fulfill my part in your plan? Local city, I don't pray anymore that Jesus would come back soon. I don't. Jesus, I, used to, I prayed it all the time. Jesus, come back soon. The world is so lost. Now I say, Jesus, don't come back so soon. The world is so lost. And there's just too many people that don't know who you are, that don't have that hope, that don't know the name of Jesus. God, I know it's going to be soon, but we've got more people to baptize. We've got more kids to sponsor. Tampa doesn't look enough like heaven yet. Jesus, hold up. I haven't seen the greater things like you've promised. And I don't know about you. I want to see some greater things. I've just been realizing, and God has been challenging me, that the greater things don't generally come out of prayers of convenience out of a life of convenience, out of a Lord, just bless me because you said that I would be blessed. That's true. He, want, he wants you blessed, but it's, it's persistent prayer. It's persistent time with Jesus. It's, it's, it's grab a hold of God and not let go until something happens kind of prayer. I've been finding myself lately when I, I worship and we lift our hands up, but I'm not lifting my hands up like this. I've been like clenching my fists so hard. This has been my worship posture of lately. Just, I'm, not, I'm just clenching my fists. And really what it is for me is this. God, I am not letting go until you do something. I am not letting go until I see the greater things. See, in persistent prayer and in persistent worship. And the team, man, you guys just killed it today. I was just thinking, how, this, is, this is what it's supposed to be right here. And so in persistent prayer and persistent worship, two things happen. Either your situation changes or you do. And both are appropriate outcomes, right? You ever find yourself looking back at life, looking back at rough times, and actually uttering the phrase, you know what? I'm glad that happened. Anybody ever had that happen before? You look back at tough things and you say, I am glad that that happened. Well, why are you able to, to say that? Maybe the situation changed, but really, you did, and you're thankful for the outcome. In 1 Samuel, we see Hannah 
who is the mother of the prophet Samuel. She was barren though and she, she couldn't have a child and she prayed for years and years for this child. She'd go to the temple and she would, she would prevail, travail in prayer. So much so that the priest thought she was drunk. Like what kind of prayer is that? Where he's like, oh my, this, she's had a little bit too much this early in the morning. But I've just come to realize there's just certain kinds of prayer and intercession needed for certain kinds of breakthroughs. Either demonic powers need to be broken down or you and I need to be changed so much to handle what God wants to do in our lives. But when it gets hard, what I found in the last two years is that the Christian has retreated a bit. And when it gets hard, the Christian can't coast. Uh, the Christian actually has to intensify the cry. And so Hannah reaches this point, 1 Samuel chapter 1. She hasn't had um, Samuel, the prophet, yet. But she makes this vow as she's praying to the Lord. And she says, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Listen to this. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. That was a, a Nazarite vow that she was making. But here's her prayer. God, if you would bless me, do it for your purposes. I will give back whatever it is that you give me because, God, it isn't about me anyway. I, I want it to be about you and your kingdom. Use me as, as a part of your story. Use me for your glory. And I heard a pastor say it like this. Hannah wanted a son. God wanted a prophet. And when she aligned her heart with God's heart, that's when the breakthrough happened. And so if we're on the verge of something significant, which I truly believe that we are, God is just waiting for us, his people, to fully align our hearts with his heart, to agree with what he says about us and what he wants us to do. That's when the breakthrough will happen. I think you got to close your fist a little bit more around a promise, be unwavered a bit in your faith and, re and resolve, to be able to say the words, God, I want nothing else in my life but to be a part of fulfilling your plan in my family, in my church, in my city. My highest honor, my highest honor, Lord, is to play a part in accomplishing your purpose. I'll give it all back to you, Lord. Yes. I, will, I will lay it all back. Because one day, God, I just want to be able to say, I left it all out on the field. Whatever you gave me, I gave back to you. God, your power was able to work through me. I was a vessel of wisdom, of hope, of favor, and of power. I've just been believing, like a lot of you have, that God's going to do some jaw-dropping things, miraculous things. During worship, healing. During the word of God, something's spoken over you and, and you're healed. I know he can do it. He says it so plainly like if it were already a done deal. It's already in the account. And I shared this with our church about five weeks ago. I said, I don't know what it fully looks like, but God wants to heal. God's going to do something truly significant that no one will be able to deny that he is at work. Because I believe that's what it's going to take to reach our culture today. They're not going to be able to explain it away when someone's been crippled for years and they stand up out of their chair and they start what They're not going to be able to say, oh, well, there's just no, they're, they're, going to be, they're going to be totally in awe and amazement. And so I was like, God, come on, where is this? Flip on the healing switch or something. Like, let's go, God, I know you can. And years back, I know Pastor Ryan knows this to be true, um, at the church that we were at, we, we had our original building that had all these electrical outlets in the stage. And you may remember this, right? We had all these electrical outlets in the floor of the stage and they were old, they were put in there at the very beginning. Someone built it, um, the stage. So we would plug in all over the stage. 
Well, little by little, these outlets would break. And we had no idea how to fix them because the breaker box that we thought, it just there was nothing, there was no way to fix them. And so we started getting used to the fact that, well, you can't use that one. You can't use that one. You can't use that one. And we knew that we were going to be renovating the building at some point. So it was like, we're not going to take the time to really explore what happened to fix these. And so we just left it as it was, all this power on the stage that we never could use. Well, finally, the day came. The adults moved out and we started renovating this into a new youth center. And I remember Justin at the time he called me over he said Joey I got to show you something and he called me to under the stage and I'm like where are we going right here and he showed me a box it was a box that looked like it had never been touched and I said well what what is that right there and he says you know how we could never trace the power to anything well whoever built the stage they attached the breaker box right here and it just wasn't on any of the plans and he said look at this and so we opened the breaker box Local city, every single one, every single one of the breakers were tripped. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't believe our eyes. And here's what we had to come to grips with that day. That we had access to the power all along and we just didn't know it. Do you know who lives on the inside of you? Do you know who lives on the inside of you, local city? That God never intended for you and I to just read the stories and never have any of our own to tell. And I keep thinking, Lord, what is it on the inside of me that is tripped up? Am I tripping? What is it, Lord, that's there that just needs to be flipped over? I already have access to the power to carry the name of Jesus into my home and into my neighborhood, into my workplace. Jesus said, you could grab a hold of me at home, not just on a Sunday. What would happen if your biggest prayers were on the floor of your room and not in a prayer meeting somewhere? What would happen if your most pure worship was when you prayer walked your neighborhood and just prayed for every we pray for all the seats in here what if you prayed for every house on your street what would happen if you were aware of God's voice not just at church listening to a sermon but every single day of your life in every interaction if you came into this house already faith-filled because your neighbor got healed on Saturday and you came in to tell the story of Jesus still heals I know he can do it in here but he's already doing it out there that the biggest miracles don't happen in a church gathering. They can happen on your lunch break. Imagine if the people of God started operating in the power of God on Monday. On Monday, not just on Sunday. Saying what Jesus says, doing what he tells us to do. I'm telling you, the last several weeks has been wild for us as a church. Um, and I, this is my first of three closes. So the band, this is kind of on deck here. Okay, this is what we do as pastors. <laughs> I just want to tell you, we started, we threw out that call to pray for healing. And we started praying for people. And there was a lady who had surgery on her hand years back. And she was in constant pain. They just didn't know what to do uh, with it. We prayed that night. She left with no pain, truly. It was healed in an instant. There was a guy who uh, had chronic back pain for years. He was approaching a surgery. And we prayed that night. And he walked away from the prayer like this, truly. He was like, just like feeling all around and I feel like he was trying to make it hurt because he was like this is weird right now but he went to the doctor and didn't need it we saw we saw several canceled surgeries in the next couple of, ver verified by doctors it wasn't just people making the decision on their own back in March a 12 year old boy diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma receiving treatment this past Sunday someone came into our huddle and said guess what he's cancer free in Jesus name we're just what, what would God, what may God want to do with a group of people out of Hillsborough High School? It may not look like you think. 
But it also may require less than you think. John 6, 29, Jesus said this, and I love this statement. I've been wrestling over this verse for six weeks. Jesus said, this is the only work God wants from you. I love this. Simple enough. What does he want from you? He wants you to believe him. He wants you to believe in him. Agree with him. Not the world. Believe what he says about you. Believe that nothing is impossible. That everything, and I do mean everything, has to submit to the name of Jesus. Paul said, I just need you to have an extra dose of wisdom, hope, favor, power. In fact, you already have it. A year and a half ago, I started praying with a lady. She had a uh, two-inch tumor on her brain stem. They can't operate on it because of where it is. It affects her dizziness. She just, she's been having to sit down. She just, it's been a rough go for her, and we just began to pray. She went to the doctor at some point. And he said, you're just, we're okay with the tumor, but you're just going to have to live with the dizziness for a while. I just, there's nothing we can do without that tumor not going away. Well, here's what she told the doctor. She goes, that's okay, doctor. My church is praying for me. And here's what the doctor told her. Well, if you believe in that stuff, her, if you believe in that stuff, local city, can I tell you that less than a month ago, she went to her doctor and that tumor that was two inches long is two inches around is now less than a quarter of an inch on her brain stem. That God is doing a miraculous work. In, and, and the best part of the story is this, when she goes back to the doctor and it's, it's shrunk down to what it's been. Here's what the doctor told her. Well, maybe you were right. Come on, somebody. That we're going to be able to go to some people and they'll be able to say, I didn't believe that before, but maybe you were right because I cannot deny that God is at work in your life. And let me close with this story. I just believe that God wants to inspire you today. And if these stories of healing and faith, maybe they inspire you for healing in your own body. There's just something about the power of a testimony that makes you believe, you know what, if God could do it for them, he could do it for me. A few years back, 2018, is my wife and I's anniversary, and we were here in Tampa. Someone gave us a $100 gift card to Burns Steakhouse. And so I love telling the story here because you guys know Burns. And so we wanted to go to Burns for our anniversary and celebrate. We had a gift card, and I don't know that we would have gone without the gift card, right? So we just, we had the gift card, and we tried to get in. We could only go one night. And we called, and like, it's just too busy. We cannot let you in. And so I was telling, uh, we cannot get you in. And so I told a friend of mine, he said, what are you doing for your anniversary? I thought, we're trying to go to Burns, but they're too busy. We can only go on this night. And he says, let me call you back. And I'm like, all right, he had to go. So he hung up the phone. He calls me back in a few minutes, and he said, I, I got you in, table for two that night. And I'm like, well, how in the world did you do that? And he says, well, I have a friend who is kind of a regular at Burns. He has his own table. And I'm like, oh, I like friends like that. Does he want any more friends? Like, that's just kind of where you go and in your, but he has his own table. He's not using it that night. And so here, here's the name. You have to say that it's under Greg's Wern. And I'm like, what? Like, that's the name. Like, you couldn't put it in mine. No, it's under Greg's Wern. And I'm like, all right. And so I wasn't confident that this was going to work. And so Amy's like, come on, let's do it. We're going to go. It's going to be fun. We went there. It, the place was slammed that night. And I walk up to the hostess and she says, what's your name? And now I'm conflicted because I just... Because I know my name, but I know the name I'm supposed to use. 
And Amy's like, come on. And I'm like, no, I just, I can't really lie and tell them that. And, 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 and she's like, man, this drives me crazy about you. And I said, this drives you crazy about me that you have a husband that can't lie? Put that in the wind column, I think, for something that's a, that's a blessing. But anyway, I'm like, it's, it's under Greg's worm. That's what I say. And she looks at me kind of strange because she knows this guy's not even confident in his own name, right? So... And she says, give me a minute. And I'm like, oh boy, that's it. They found us out. We're getting arrested. I'm sure this is a crime somewhere, impersonating as Wern, like something, like you can't, you can't do it. And so I'm like, they found us out, love. I just don't think. And then she goes this way. And she takes us through, we're walking through the restaurant and there's lots of people. I think the people around us were like, why does he get to go? Like all of this stuff. Takes us in the center of a restaurant. She, the restaurant sits us in at this table. It was a table for six, but there was only two of us, right? Right in the middle of of the restaurant and then the waiter starts coming out and he's like oh you must be a friend of Greg's and inside I'm like I hope so like I hope so now but he starts just to bring out food I've never been at a place like this before he starts bringing things out oh this is what Greg would order this is what Greg would want you to have uh, things that weren't even on the menu at Burns and I'm like are we and then of course we're thinking I got a hundred dollars and they're bringing out all this stuff here like just you may need to settle down, sir. This is awesome. But, um, and so bringing out all of this stuff. Now, Greg likes this, like this, try this. And I'm just like, wow, this feast that we're in right now. We order something. And then finally, at the end, he brings the bill. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, this could be $1,000. I don't know what this is going to be. And, and, I, and I opened the bill. And you guys know, because you know Burns. So here's what the bill said, $75. And I'm like, um, sir? You made a mistake. Amy's like, shut up. No, just like, just like, like, um, you, you made a mistake. In fact, you priced this so low that if you don't charge me more, I actually can't give you the tip. Like, I, I need to be able to add more so that I, I can tip. I actually told him, like, this is not enough. And here was his response. He says, it is today. And I'm just like, what just happened and how can we make that happen again? Like in other places, as we go throughout our lives, I just felt like God's spirit told me that night. And it reminded me when I was thinking of this story today, you thought a nice dinner was a miracle. You thought that favor was something nice. What was going to happen when you lay hands on the sick and you watch them recover again? What's going to happen? Like at Burns, yes, it's all covered under the name of Zwern, but everything else in life has to submit underneath the name of Jesus. Wait till I give you not just a seat in the middle of the restaurant, but you're already seated in heavenly places. You have the best seat imaginable, united in Christ Jesus. Wait till wisdom and favor and power are not just in your account, but in your possession. Local city, wait till you purchase that HQ for half of what you thought it should have been because God says, I am favoring you. My face is shining upon you. What might God do if we start believing in him? Come on, stand up with me. And the chair said, Amen. Thank you, chairs. Bow your heads with me here. I want to wrap up. I, I know I went a little long, and I apologize. I just... When cancer tries to destroy, no cancer, you too have to submit to the name of Jesus. When my neighbor is sick with a diagnosis, I don't shrink back because it's stage four. I step up confidently because I know that God is able and he's willing. See, local city, we have to live in this world, but we don't have to operate like it. 
It may be shaking out there, but Ryan read the verse today. Ours is a kingdom that can never be shaken. That I've got the power of the Spirit of God on the inside of me. And he's a stabilizer. He says, stand firm and let nothing move you. That you can give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. I just don't want to get to the end and realize that I had the power all along and I just didn't know it. Jesus, if you feel comfortable, just open your hands like this. Lord Jesus, our heart is to hear what you're saying and to immediately obey. Jesus, when we obey, say something else. Because God, we're going to realize there's nothing more fulfilling than living out our plan and our purpose for the rest of our, our lives. Jesus, never stop using me because it's my highest honor to be used by you. I just want to ask the question today before we close. I pray the Holy Spirit just drop something in your heart. That's a clear next step for you. My prayer is that you just wouldn't leave here and say, wow, that was really a great day. I want you to say, what a great God. I want you to say, man, that was actually the missing piece and God just so gently and so individually spoke to me. I love how God is the creator of universes, but he's also so individual to speak to the places of your heart. So whatever that is, maybe it's to step out and start serving your church. You've been thinking about it for a while. Today's the perfect day with Growth Track. Maybe you saw the people serving at Serve Day and you were like, oh man, I missed it. Why did I miss it? And you would say, I make the commitment now to start serving my community in whatever that looks like. Maybe it's just to slow down when you're out and about to just notice the hurting, to give a kind word. Today I met Pastor Ryan at a coffee shop before we started. He knew everybody's name and was not in a hurry. Tell me that just doesn't plow some soil where God can't speak to some people's hearts and do something special there. Jesus, make it so clear. If you got what that is, just you can close your fists now around it, and I'm just going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, we hold on to that promise, that word, and we ask, God, that you would give us the courage to walk it out. And I just want to pray for those today. Maybe you feel far from God, and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus. I can't think of a better decision today than to you to come to Christ, to come into God's family. To say, you know what, I don't want to try it on my own anymore. I want to give myself fully to God. I'll tell you what will happen. God will come in. He'll live inside of you. I don't fully understand it, but he says it's true. He'll come and he'll walk alongside of you, live inside of you. You'll never be alone. He'll wipe your sins clean. He'll give you a brand new start. That your past won't be counted against you. And that you have a future filled with hope and joy. You can start again today. If that's you, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I just want to take 30 seconds to pray for you. Whether you're giving your life to Jesus for the first time or you've been far and you want to come home to him again, I'm just going to count to three and you would just slip your hand. I'm just going to see it so I can acknowledge it and pray for you. But you would say, that's me. One, two, three. Would you slip your hand up? Coming to Jesus for the first time or coming back. Thank you so much for your hand. Anybody else? Thank you so much in the back there. You can put your hands down. I'm just going to pray a prayer that you can borrow. It's really not the fanciness of my words. It's our heart before the Lord. And So as I'm praying, just pray along with me. Local city, why don't you do it too, just to support those who raise their hand. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that you died for us, that you knew us even before we were born, that you have a plan for our lives, that you don't leave us to fend for ourselves. So Jesus, we come to you today to lay down our lives, to surrender them to you. We declare with our mouth that you are Lord and Savior. Thank you that you are alive. 
Now come alive on the inside of me, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, would you clap your hands today?